God bless you. This is Pastor Michael Fields here again on another Wednesday night Bible study. And I want to thank you again uh, for faithfully tuning in with us on Wednesday evenings, joining us for this virtual Bible study, uh, online Bible study. I have been enjoying myself and um, you all have been wonderful during this season, uh, this time, of course, um, we're all aware of what's going on, but the word of God is still flourishing and still moving forward. Uh, and I look forward to spending this time with you on Wednesdays. Um, people of God here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and in the Bronx, New York, Refuge Temple Annex, and all of you uh, who come in and join us week by week from other areas. We say praise the Lord tonight. And the Lord continue to bless you. Let's let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're so grateful for this. Another opportunity to come before you in prayer. And we're excited in our hearts and our minds. Oh, God, to to come together for the purpose of getting into your word, getting into your word so your word can get into us. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this time, for this moment. Oh, God, bless everyone that's under the sound of my voice and everyone that's going to hallelujah connect to us on this evening i pray that you bless them with your word strengthen with your word heal with your word save through your word in jesus name we pray amen well um tonight um i'm going to be talking about a a, a foundational subject but it's it's controversial uh, and I feel sort of strange saying it's controversial because it should not be, but you'll be surprised. There are some foundational topics uh, in our Christian environment that are controversial. And one of those subjects uh, is salvation. We're going to be talking about uh, salvation. Um, and, and I want to, I really want to dig deep into it. I don't think I'm going to be able to dig as deep into it as I'd like, but we're going, we're going to dig. Um, I'm going to take you to first John. I'm going to, I'm going to start there. First John chapter five. Um, and I'll start at verse 11. Um, yeah, I'll start at verse 11. Um, uh, let me read it. And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm going to stop there, um, and I, I want to talk to you tonight about salvation, salvation, um, the theme of John's book, 1 John, the theme of the book is truth and righteousness. And it's important, well, it was important for me to start here as opposed to uh, where some of you, I can, I can feel you tightening up already. Uh, and there's a reason why I didn't start where you think I should start. And I'll let you know at the end of the lesson why. But um, John, the Apostle John, is writing for 
for two reasons. He's writing this particular book for two reasons. Uh, number one, it was to expose and repudiate doctrinal and ethical errors that had come about during his time, and they're still here. Um, they are still enemies of the cross and the doctrines that we teach. But the second reason that he writes was to uh, exhort us, the readers, the believers, uh, to pursue a life of holiness and righteousness, uh, and also to assure us uh, of eternal life, that eternal life that comes with salvation. Uh, salvation, and that's where we are tonight. We're talking about salvation. Now, uh, during John's day, and, and understand he's the last apostle left, uh, in the beginning of, of his discipleship with Christ, he was the youngest, uh, now he's he is the only one that's left out of out of all of them, and uh, he has a responsibility now uh, of watching over the churches and reinforcing, and in some occasions I would say reinstating the apostolic doctrinal truths. Uh, and there was a very bad problem with false teaching, and the false teaching uh, was centered around salvation, salvation uh, as it relates to salvation being through Christ. And I have to say it that way because the heresy was uh, that it wasn't through Jesus Christ. So uh, the false teaching involved uh, saying that salvation is not of Christ, uh, and we're taught that our salvation is through Christ. Without Jesus, there'd be no salvation. Had it not been for the shedding of blood, there'd be no remission of sins. Uh, so when you read uh, the book, First John, you understand that there were those who left the church, who had left the congregation, um, but they were still associated with those who stayed. And you know how that goes. People leave the church uh, and they call in, uh, you know, they reach out to those who stayed and what they try to do is pull out those who have stayed. You don't need to stay there no more. They're not teaching the truth, uh, that kind of thing. But they left and they were still associated with those who stayed and they were spreading the heresy, spreading this false teaching. But don't take all that. Uh, you know, you don't need to do it that way. You don't need to do it this way. And this is what John says, First John chapter 2, verse 19. He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. But they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now, it, it wasn't about personality clashes, it was based on salvation. They did not agree with what John and the other apostles were teaching as it relates to salvation. So doctrinally, listen to this, doctrinally, uh, they were denying that Jesus was the Christ. That's the heresy. They were denying that Jesus was the Christ. First John 2 and 22, John writes, and John didn't pull any punches. John says, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that denieth the father and the son. Or 
they even denied that, you know, God came in the flesh. They denied all of this. No. Um, and to deny that means that they rejected the teachings of uh, the virgin birth. This is what John writes, 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world, spirit of Antichrist, that spirit that wages war against the truth of God, anything to repudiate or to reject the truth of the gospel is of the Antichrist. So that's the doctrinal heresy. Ethically, they were teaching and spreading. Uh, they were angry at those who stayed, and they were saying uh, that obeying the teachings of Jesus and limit living, rather, uh, holy lives separated from sin in the world was not necessary. This is the ethical part of the teaching. It's not necessary to separate from the world because uh, the apostles the, thought that we should separate from the world. Be ye separate. Uh, what does light have to do with darkness? And they repudiated that and said this holiness thing is unnecessary. You don't need to separate from the world. Um, and this is where this thought process comes from, that um, you don't have to live holy. All that stuff is unnecessary. Um, and this kind of teaching, this thought process created confusion in the mindset of those uh, perhaps who were not as astute in the word. Uh, they may have been weak in the faith. And you'd be surprised there were some uh, who were strong or considered strong in the faith that walked down and left because they did not want to adhere to the teachings, the apostolic teachings anymore. Uh, and so some were confused and it brought about an unsurety concerning their salvation and whether or not they really had eternal life. So uh, listen, the title of the lesson tonight is, Are You Sure? Are you sure? Um, are you sure? So let's, let's get into the lesson uh, and understand that the purpose of this lesson on tonight um, is twofold. Number one, uh, it's to help uh, and instruct some uh, of us who, well, may have just started in the way. I'll, I'll say that. Maybe you just got saved um, and uh, you're not sure. It, it, I know when I first got the Holy Ghost, there were days, especially when I was going through some things or um, I may have made a mistake and said something I shouldn't have said and or did something or uh, and, you know, there were just times in my life when I was when I was first starting this way, when I, I wasn't sure. Um, so I, I want to talk to you on tonight. And second, the second thing is I want to offer some Bible teaching, uh, to show how we can grow, uh, in grace and knowledge. The Bible says in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we, um, we need to grow 
in knowledge and in grace, because the more we grow, the more secure we'll become in our new skin, so to speak, because we're a new creature. Uh, but it's, it is a process. It's a development in God. So we're not so easily tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, because there's some things we know, uh, we know. Um, and it takes time to know some things. Um, so understand, I, I want to read out of 2 Peter 3.18, where Peter says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Uh, so we're following. We're getting to know the Lord more and more. Um, and this is good because salvation is a walk. Um, and we're, we're getting to that place of surety. Uh, and as we take this walk, it won't be so easy for people to pull us out of a secure place as it relates to our salvation. Uh, in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Then shall we know if we follow on. Listen to this prophet, this Old Testament prophet. He says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain, unto the earth. So um, as we process this lesson on tonight, um, I'm hoping that we'll see uh, the glorious and, and the, how should I say, the triumphant experience that we're supposed to have as children of God. And of course, our experiences and our life with God is going to be challenged because the enemy doesn't want us to grow. Um, and he'll stir up things even in our own environment to confuse or to pull us out of our place of safety. Uh, but we have to continue forward. We have to grow in God uh, and we have to abide in him. John, uh, I want to say it's John 15th chapter in the fourth verse. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. So um, our place uh, is in him and he should be in us. Uh, and that that helps us grow. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. What I'm attempting to do uh, is to teach it in a way that is not the conventional way, because immediately I know where you wanted me to go. You want me to jump right into Acts 2 and 38, and that's a foundational scripture, but there's more than Acts 2.38 in the Bible. Um, so I'm going to get there eventually, but just, just follow me, because um, listen to my, my notes as we proceed with this. Uh, hopefully we'll understand. Listen to this. It says, uh, we're abiding in him. We're confessing him before others. Uh, we're enjoying fellowship with him and with others. Let's go to Matthew 10 and 32. It says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. First John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So uh, we who are saved, we have this fellowship with one another, and um, it's salvation. It's the fact that we've all been washed in the same blood. We are serving the same Savior that allows us to have this fellowship. But there were those who left the fellowship, uh, and their thinking and teaching was, what you all are doing is wrong. Salvation is not based on all of that. So um, let's dig further. Go further, I'm sorry. The first essential, uh, if we are to progress in this salvation, uh, if we are to grow strong in the salvation that we have, we are uh, understandably so, we have to reach a place where we are sure about it, where unequivocally, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved so much until nobody can talk me out of knowing that I'm saved or confuse me about my salvation. Uh, and this is what John was attempting to do. Uh, don't let somebody come up in your living room all willy-nilly and talk you out of what you know is to be true. Uh, so what John is teaching uh, what the apostles teach, what the apostolic teachings say is uh, that being saved is so much more than just saying I'm saved. You, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you can't just get up in the morning and say I'm saved. There's a whole lot of people saying that I'm saved, but they're really not saved. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. Um, so we really have to know what salvation is. Uh, and those who are saved really have to be sure. They have to be sure. Uh, it's God's will that we're sure about this. We're not confused about our salvation. Some of the confusion comes uh, because there's so many different teachings as to how one becomes saved. And this is what John was struggling with uh, in, in the word of God. Uh, he was fighting against a teaching that was telling folks, uh, it don't take all that. But I, I'm here tonight to say it takes all that and more. Uh, you have to do it the Bible way. Uh, so, and I know the Lord loves everybody, right? John 3, 16, he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, and this is what they taught, right? Uh, even Paul teaches that, um, in chapter 10 of Romans, uh, he says it like this, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Mm -hmm. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So these scriptures are saying that salvation is, is through Christ. It's, it's through Christ. You can't get salvation any other way. But the false teaching was saying there, there it, it, it's not through Christ. Well, they were denying that he was the Messiah. So uh, if he's not the Messiah, and, and Paul's argument was, well, uh, because Paul was refudiating the teaching that there's no resurrection, uh, and it comes from that same false teaching. He's not the Christ. He didn't raise from the dead. 
um, it, it was it's false, right? Like Trump says, it, it's fake news. But John was saying it's not fake, hallelujah, because the salvation that I have is real. Uh, and I know Christ rose from the dead. And Paul's words was, if there's no resurrection, hallelujah, if you want me to believe now that uh, there's no resurrection, then there's no point to me preaching this anymore. Um, and that's the enemy's, that is his motive, is to stop us from preaching the truth and to confuse people concerning the truth of their salvation. Uh, but the truth is, hallelujah, salvation is through Christ, and he longs for us. He longs for us to be saved. Hallelujah. Peter says it like this in Second uh, Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but uh, is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, hold on to the word repentance. I'm going somewhere. Um, and, hallelujah, not only does he want me to be saved, but he wants me to be sure about my salvation, Right? Uh, John chapter 20, uh, St. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing ye might have life through his name. Uh, and I read that because the, the refutation against the doctrine was it's not through Christ. But if I deny Christ, I'm denying true salvation. And if I deny true salvation, then eternal life does not belong to me. Um, no. Um, so now we have to choose whether or not we want to believe the word of God or if we want to believe the enemy's lie. Um, so if I take you um, to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that name is Jesus, by the way, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, and John is hitting the hammer hard uh, because they're confused now. Uh, you know, they're they're in between now. They're not sure now, uh, and it's frustrating, I'm sure, uh, to the preacher now because he's saying. Um, you can't be in a place of unsurety concerning your salvation. You've got to know. Remember, you've got to know that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Um, now, listen, because there, there is a plan, a long existing plan of the enemy to bring so much confusion concerning salvation until people miss out, hallelujah, on the full thrust of what salvation is supposed to be about. It will cheat you out of a true experience with God. It will cheat you out of so many things, even eternal life. My God. So listen, unless we are sure about our own salvation, uh, these things will happen. Three things I want to show you happens when people are not sure about their salvation. Their testimony is stifled. I want to read Psalms 107 and 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
Listen, if you're not sure about your salvation, you don't you have no true testimony. I don't know if I'm saved or not. You you're you have no true testimony. But the redeemed of the Lord, those who know they've been redeemed, they have something to say out of their mouth. Whom he have redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But if we're not sure, the second thing that happens is our service, our service in the kingdom is stunted. I want to take you to Daniel 11 and 32. Um, listen to what, what this prophet says, what, what this man of God says, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be, I'm sorry, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Uh, here's this Old Testament man of God saying the people that know God are strong. You're not going to get wrapped up in flattering words. Hallelujah. You're not going to be pulled away from something because it sounds good. And the New Testament scriptures say they'll have itching ears, giving in to doctrines of devils. Hallelujah. And one of those doctrines is teaching that salvation is not through Christ. Hallelujah. But that's a lie. So uh, the first thing that happens if we're not sure about our salvation is uh, our testimony is stifled. The second thing is, hallelujah, our service is stunted. And the third thing is, you can't grow spiritually if you're not sure as to whether or not you have true salvation. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 15 reads like this, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Hallelujah. That's Paul uh, talking to the church. He says, I'm giving you the truth in love and I'm telling you the truth uh, so you can grow. And he says, grow into him. You're growing into him. You're growing into Christ in all things because he is the head. Uh, he is the head, the author and the finisher. Thank you, Father of our faith. The other thing I want to talk to you about also is that um, if I'm not sure, and I guess this is the fourth thing, if I'm not sure about my salvation, I'll have no peace. You don't really have true peace if you're still going back and forth as to whether or not you are truly saved. Uh, we like peace, joy, you'll lack confidence uh, and you won't really have power with God or with man if you're confused about salvation. This is why John is fighting so hard. This is why he's, he's hitting it so hard in his writings uh, because he understood this. And Paul tells Timothy um, in his writings, first, second Timothy, I'm sorry, chapter one, verse 12, he says, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 
Hallelujah. So Paul is letting Timothy know I'm not going to lose sleep over stuff. Hallelujah. I'm going to hold on to my joy and the confidence that I have is not in man. It's in the fact that I have this salvation and I'm sure about it. Hallelujah. And I'm suffering all of these things, but nevertheless, I'm not ashamed of anything that I'm going through since I've been saved, since I've been delivered. And I know, hallelujah, that's, and that's the key phrase, I know. And Paul, Paul says it a few times about things. Uh, he says on another occasion, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. But here he's saying, I know whom I have believed. And because I know in whom I believe, I'm fully persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He's able to keep me. Everything that he's put in me, it's real. It's not false. This Holy Spirit that I have in me is real. Uh, so now John is is in a war with those who are trying to convince born-again believers that what they have is not authentic. It's not even worth holding on to. Could you imagine being filled with the Holy Ghost? Could you imagine being delivered from sin and some demon comes trying to convince you that what you have is wrong? My God. I could imagine John, and he's an older man now, when he writes this, I could imagine him uh, just smoke coming out of his ears. The nerve of these people to come in and try, hallelujah, and some of the people were leaving. Not only were they leaving, but they were convinced that our way of salvation is wrong. And I want you to follow me because it don't take all of that. You don't need that. Uh, but yes, in order, hallelujah, to make it in, I need Jesus in my life. I need the Holy Ghost. I can't make it with the Holy Ghost without the Holy Ghost. I need Christ in my life. Without him, I'm nothing. And without his spirit in me, I can't make this journey. So um, here's what I have in my notes. The world and the professing Christian. Hallelujah. Those who are professing Christianity, uh, they think it's a great presumption for anyone to say that they know they're saved. Uh, it's a presumption. I want to read something uh, because Job says something very similar to what Paul says. Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Now here, Job didn't know it, but he was prophesying in the midst of his struggle. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He's looking beyond, beyond his problem, and he's seeing his salvation, and he's saying, and I, uh, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And let's go back to Paul. This is what Paul says, being justified by faith. I'm in Romans chapter 5. Uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and 7, Paul says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 1 Timothy 1 and 12, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in to this ministry. So I'm, 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 
telling you this, uh, Paul is saying, is because this is the word. Hallelujah. And he preached and they taught the way of salvation. Hallelujah. You must be born again. You must be. You must be. Hallelujah. And now that they had received the gospel and they had received the salvation of the Lord, they had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Now this false teaching is circulating. And listen, it's still circulating that you don't need the Holy Ghost to be saved. You can be saved without the Holy Ghost. That's that's not true. No, I have to do so much more than just say I'm saved and I'm saved. Salvation isn't waving a magic wand and you immediately become saved. Yes, uh, it's through faith. Yes, uh, I first have to believe that he is God and he is a reward of him, them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. But uh, there are a whole lot of people saying that they are saved and they haven't been saved. And so let's dig deeper. Uh, and here's the confusion. Hallelujah. Because there are people being told, hallelujah, you're saved. Telling me, telling you you're saved and I'm not your savior. Now, um, I know what you have to do to be saved but I don't have salvation to give anybody. And that's another heresy. I wish I had the time to really dig into it uh, because there are teachings out there where you receive your salvation from man, but salvation does not come from man. It comes from God. So the whole thing that John is wrestling with is the teaching that's denying the deity of Christ denying the plan of salvation and saying that you do not have to separate from the world and sin in order to be saved. It don't take all that. So um, let's talk about then the condition of salvation. The condition of salvation, hallelujah, uh, is faith. Faith, repentance, receiving. Let's start with faith, right? Because uh, you have to believe in the person of Christ. And here's the trickery and the heresy. If I get you to deny Christ, if I get you to deny Christ, then you'll deny an opportunity. You're denying an opportunity to truly be saved because salvation comes through Christ. Salvation is through Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John writes, I'm writing this that you would believe in the son of God because life is through his son. Life is through Jesus, right? Um, Romans 1 and 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is of, is of Christ because salvation comes through Christ. And this gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If I get you to deny Christ, then you'll deny the gospel. Hallelujah. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. What is the gospel? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you see... If I attack the gospel, if I get you to be confused about who Jesus is, 
then you can never receive everything that Jesus came to offer you. Hallelujah. I wish I could teach this the way that I'm feeling it in my spirit. Acts, the 16th chapter, uh, verses 30 and 31, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Why do I have to believe on Jesus Christ? Because salvation comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, so it's through believing, yes. It's through faith, yes. Uh, as a believer, I have to know that it was Christ that saved me. I'm, I'm saved because of the work of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Well, God comes in the likeness of sinful flesh. He dies on the cross. He not only dies, but for three days he's in the grave. On the third day, he gets up from the grave with all power in his hand. And he would go and sit on the right hand of his father and the Holy Ghost would come. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were in one place on one accord and they were all filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. So John's problem is now we have people who are coming in telling me that you don't need all of that. You don't need all of that. I would get incensed uh, being a born again believer with somebody telling me you don't need the Holy Ghost. You don't need to live holy. You can do basically what you want to do. And that's a lie. Uh, this is why Jude says we should earnestly contend for the faith. Uh, and I think in some ways Jude might have been rougher than John uh, because he's saying these people that are pulling you out of the church, pulling you out of the truth of God's word, they're not spiritual, they are sensual. They're teaching you things according to their flesh. And it's not of God. It's not a teaching of God. It's not a true, pure word. Um, so here are some things that helps to make us sure about our salvation. Um, sure, his work, his work for me makes me sure. Uh, our salvation depends entirely upon what Jesus did for us. And it makes sense. It's not true, just true, I should say, but it makes a lot of sense because I could not save myself. So Jesus had to do what he had to do so I can be saved. Remember that song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washes whiter than snow. Hallelujah. His work for me makes me sure. I'm sure because of what he did for me. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 9 and 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. 
salvation. Hallelujah. So as a believer, truthfully, hallelujah, those of us who have been born again, we've already passed out of death into life. Because I was on my way to hell before I got saved. Hallelujah. I was on my way to death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. John 5 and 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Um, let, let's go back into the Old Testament for a moment um, because salvation also is based on the blood of the sacrifice. Hallelujah. I, I said it earlier, had there been no shedding of blood, there'd be no remission of sins. And uh, let's go back to Exodus 12 and 13. The blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So the Lord says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the same is true today. Hallelujah. I know I'm saved because of the blood that was shed for me. Hallelujah. Of the blood that was shed for me and my deliverance. Hallelujah. From judgment. Because had I been in my sins, then, hallelujah, by right, I should be judged in my sins. But because of the blood washing my sins away, because of me coming into the newness of this life, hallelujah, the, the charges have been dropped. And when he sees his blood, passes over me, uh, being saved now. I didn't get what I deserved. What I deserved was death. I was born with a death sentence on me. Now I have eternal life. So you can understand John must have been upset because these people are talking you out of eternal life. And they're turning you back to a death sentence. That's like somebody getting off of death row and somebody out on the street corner talking them into going back in there. Hallelujah. And and receive that death sentence. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. My God, hallelujah. And because I'm in Christ and he's in me and my sins have been washed away, Paul said, there's now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So listen, if I leave this salvation, if I walk away from this salvation, then I'm leaving the spiritual things to walk back into the natural things. And if I live out my life in the natural, I'm just going to die. I have no eternal life with Christ. I'm just going to die and end up in the place that salvation is trying to get me to avoid. I don't want to go to hell. I, I want to be saved. Hallelujah. So what was so damnable about this heresy was they were talking people out of their, their place with God. Hallelujah. Their place with God was sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, but they have allowed someone 
hallelujah, to talk them out of abandoning them, the truth of their salvation, and some of them had walked away. And then there were some who stayed, but now they were not sure. They were not sure, and you got to be sure, hallelujah, especially in these times, you better know that you know that you know that you're truly saved, hallelujah, saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime. And you can sing that rest, the rest of the song, life now is sweet and my joy is complete. I'm saved, hallelujah. So uh, what Christ did makes me sure. I know he died for me. I know he shed his blood. I know I've been washed in his blood. I'm, I'm redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. His word, his word makes me sure. I know he loves me. I know he gave his son for me. Yes, and I believe that Jesus died and rose again for my justification. I believe this. Hallelujah. And this is why John says, he that believes on the son has everlasting life. He that believes in Jesus. Don't let anybody talk you out of Jesus. Don't let anybody pull you away from Jesus. Don't get all this Jesus and then let somebody talk you out of abandoning Jesus because your strength, your life, hallelujah, your eternity is wrapped up in Jesus. He that believeth on the Son has eternal life, and he that believeth not the Son, hallelujah, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Do not abandon your faith for somebody's lie concerning salvation. I'm saved, I'm gonna stay saved. I'm not gonna let nobody talk me out of my salvation. And this was the urgency in the writings of John. Don't let anybody trick you out of your salvation. You gotta be sure that you're saved so nobody can tell you anything different. Hallelujah, nobody can tell you anything different. His word makes me sure. His word makes me sure. Hallelujah. I'm sure. Uh, be ye not in the flesh, Romans 8 and 9, but in the spirit. So if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, here we go. I'm getting deeper into it. Any man that has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. They're telling us we don't have to have the Holy Ghost. I'm saved, but I don't have the Holy Ghost. And I just read in the word of God, if I don't have the spirit, I'm none of his. So how can I be saved without the Holy Ghost? I'll wait for an answer. Call me on my cell phone and tell me, please, how I can be saved without the Holy Ghost. When the word of God says, be ye not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Mm -hmm. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's the Bible. And I know today, and it's a piece off of the heresy, all I have to do is confess with my mouth. And I'm going to read it. 
if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It doesn't say you are saved. It says you shall be saved. And I wonder why you don't read the next verse. It says, for with the heart man believeth unto, unto, it leads me to righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So yes, I need to make a confession. Yes, I need to say by faith that I believe in, in Christ and I know that he came to redeem me from my sins. Hallelujah. But there are a lot of people who are confessing, but they don't possess the spirit of God on the inside. So here's the trickery of the heresy. If I can just get you to say I'm saved and you don't have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside, then where are you? Where are you? And, and I'm, I'm not being facetious. I'm not trying to be um, funny with this. I'm, I'm very serious. The seriousness of this is that if... If I'm in the middle, then I'm, how can I get everything that I need if I'm, if I'm in the middle? Listen, let me say it to you this way. Um, if, if you go into a house, if you go into the house and you're just standing in the vestibule, the vestibule, are you really in the house or are you in the vestibule? Now, listen. I'm in the vestibule or the lobby, you know, I'm, I'm in the door, but am I really in the house? Because if I'm in the house, I'm actually in the house, then I get to experience everything that the house has to offer. When it's time for dinner and I'm standing in the vestibule, I'll be hungry because I'm not in the place that I need to be when it's dinner time. Dinner's not served in the vestibule. Salvation is about being all the way in the house. Salvation is about having Christ in me and me in him. If I don't have his spirit, I'm none of his. You're not saved if you don't have the Holy Ghost. You got to be sure. You better be sure. So his word makes me sure. His work makes me sure. His word makes me sure. My God. The next thing that makes me sure, hallelujah, is his witness in me. His witness in me. Say it with me. His witness in me makes me sure that I'm saved. The witness, hallelujah. Now, the witness is twofold. Thank you, Lord. Twofold. Uh, first, uh, the witness of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost. And then there's the witness of having a changed life. My God. Thank you, Jesus. The witness in me makes me sure. Romans 8 and 16. Hallelujah. The first, um, the first part is, of course, the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you're sure, 
when you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in you, it bears witness in your spirit. So uh, this is for those people that like to take you in the back room and say, do hubba, 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 you know, and they try to teach you how to do this. Uh, and the person comes out the room and they're not even sure what they got. And the pastor say, well, what happened to you back then? Some say, I, I don't know. Uh, when you get the Holy Ghost and when you're saved, you truly know because the spirit bears witness with your spirit. Somebody that's been saved, that's been born again, they're going to tell you, I've been born again. Hallelujah. I've got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost comes with some joy. Yes, it does. I'm getting excited about this. Uh, Galatians 4 and 6. And because ye are sons, God hath uh, sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. John 1 and 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. To those who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What's his name? It's, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. It's Jesus. Thank you. Which were not born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Hallelujah. Nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The salvation is of God. It's not of man. Hallelujah. And it's through Christ. So, uh, you can't get me to deny this salvation, this Christ. I'm sure about this. And John's struggle was in exhorting them to come back to a surety of their salvation. Don't let anybody mess with your position in Christ. You have too much to lose to let somebody mess with your salvation with flattering words. It sounds so good. Oh, hallelujah. He's so deep. No, baby, you better know the word for yourself. Sure, because of the work that he did for you. Sure, hallelujah, because of the word of God. So that means I got to know the word for myself. Hallelujah. And sure, because of the witness that's in me, the Holy Ghost is in me. How wonderful it is those of us that have the Holy Ghost, to know that God is abiding on the inside. You ought to be ashamed of yourself to let somebody talk you out of this Holy Ghost, to talk you out of this salvation. The writer of Hebrews said, how can you neglect so great of a salvation? Second part is, hallelujah, and we talked about the witness of the Holy Ghost being on the inside, but there is a witness of having a changed Life And remember, the heresy that John is fighting was that they were saying, you don't have to be separate from the world. Hallelujah, you're separate from sin. So, and, and, and uh, you know, in light of what I just said, they were telling people, well, uh, you don't have to live holy. You can still go to those places that uh, the preacher says you shouldn't be going. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you have the Holy Ghost and when you are saved, you don't even need a preacher to tell you you shouldn't go there. The Holy Ghost has a voice of his own. The Holy Ghost will say, put some clothes on. The Holy Ghost will say, don't go over there and drink and get drunk. The Holy Ghost has a voice. I think the trouble with some folks is, hallelujah, you don't, you don't want to listen to the Holy Ghost. Uh, so this was an out for some of them. They were saying, yes, I'm, I'm tired of this 
holiness thing. There's too many rules and regulation, and that's a trick of the enemy. Listen, there's freedom in salvation. There's freedom in salvation. If you are wrestling with your salvation, one of the things is, or I should say might be, is that you never really let go of the world. You got to let go of the world and put both hands on the horn of the altar and live your life for Christ and be sure about your salvation. The second thing about this, uh, the witness that makes me sure is the fact that having a changed life is a witness to my salvation. Hallelujah. It's a witness to my salvation. It's a witness, I say again, to my salvation. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Remember that song? The things I used to do, I don't do no more. And the things I used to say, I don't say no more. Uh, John 9 and 25. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not one thing I know that whereas I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. I've I've got to change life. So when someone is saved, their life is different. When you have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside, your life is different. Hallelujah. I don't do what I used to do because I'm saved. But the heresy is teaching me that I can be saved and still do anything I want to do. That's not true salvation. That's not true salvation. That's why you got to do more than just stand in the middle of the room and say, I'm saved. And we're living in a day where everybody's saved. The newscaster is saved. The movie star is saved. Everybody. Hallelujah. The stripper in the club is saved. And I can do whatever I want to do. But true salvation, spirit filled, the Bible way. Hallelujah. I have a changed life. The Holy Ghost changes me. My desires are changing. Hallelujah. So, and let's talk about this. Let's talk about it, um, you know, knowing that you're saved. Um, in the book of Acts, it, it, it says something like this. I believe it's in the 13th chapter where the apostles would confirm those uh, by confirming um, they had to make sure that salvation, their salvation was biblical. It was, it was according to the teachings of Christ. It was apostolic. Uh, have you received the Holy Ghost? Um, do you have it according to the spirit of the Lord giving you utterance? You know, because today people are saying all you have to do is shake you know, the preacher's hand. And you're saved. I, I, I went to a church once uh, as a musician of following the choir somewhere in the South. Um, and I was taken back because the preacher did an altar call um, and he he mumbled the prayer uh, and had them repeat after them, after him. And then he said, you're saved. And I, I was incensed. Uh, and this is what bothered me. He says to them, you are saved. And church is over now, and we're getting in our cars, and some of the people that he said, you are saved, some of them had cups in their hand, and there wasn't water in the cup, and some of them were smoking cigarettes. 
But when a person is saved, there's a change in their life. Now, some of you might might debate me on this and say, well, uh, they were saved, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Um, if you don't have his spirit, I read it to you. I, I read it to you. I read it to you. I read it in the Bible, Romans 8 and 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And salvation is a spiritual cleansing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So yes, I can be on the altar in my mini skirt. I can be on the altar, hallelujah, as a pimp, a drug dealer standing on the altar, hallelujah, receiving the Holy Ghost. And when I get the Holy Ghost, when I walk away from the altar, I'm not going to want to do the same things I used to do. There's a restrainer in me. There's a difference in me. So salvation is not of the flesh. It's in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Hallelujah. So we're going to have to talk about Holy Ghost, because you must have the Holy Ghost. And I might be preaching to the choir right now. And that might be how John felt when he's he's writing this and he's dealing with this security and salvation because there were those who walked away from their security. Hallelujah. Salvation brings me eternal life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and that more abundantly. And salvation brings me that abundant life, that eternal life. And for me to walk away from the truth of the gospel, the truth of salvation means that I am trading in my eternal life for eternal damnation. Hallelujah. You better hold on to your salvation. You better hold on to your salvation. Hold on. He that endures to the end the same shall be saved. It's not time to be tricked. It's not time for trickery. It's not time for foolishness. It's not time to trade in your salvation for anything. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you something. Whenever you get to a place where you're no longer sure, come back to the altar. Come back to where you first believed. Don't take the word of people and don't even just take my word. If you're not sure, go back to the altar and seek God for yourself. Jesus is coming soon and you don't have time to be caught in a place where you are not sure. To be filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, is, is to be possessed or controlled, hallelujah, or dominated by the Holy Spirit. And some people don't like the word dominated, hallelujah, but it simply means that I'm giving my life over to the workings and to the movings of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And this is what Paul says to the Ephesian church. Remember, you've heard me quote the scripture before and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. Be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Acts 2 and 4. And they were all filled with with the Holy Ghost and began, here it is, and I know you've been waiting for this, hallelujah, and some of you were cringing in the beginning, he needs to go to Acts 2.38, yes, 
Acts 2.38 is great. The book of Acts is good. But I want people to know that there's more scripture in the Bible that deals with salvation and not just Acts 2.38. And we have to be able to talk to people and deal with people where they are. Hallelujah. It's all in Christ. Yes. Now, John is talking to folks who already got the Holy Ghost. Acts was talking to folks who didn't have it yet. People that John was talking to had the Holy Ghost, had truth, had holiness, and somebody talked them out of that holiness church and said, they don't take all that. You don't need this. You don't need that. And they fell for it and walked away from it. Hallelujah. But you need Christ. You need Jesus. And when you get Jesus, you got to hold on to Jesus. Hallelujah. When you get salvation, you got to hold on to your salvation. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that I've given him myself and he has filled me with his presence. Hallelujah. He has filled me with his presence. I've given him control. Hallelujah. I've, I've literally said, Jesus, take the wheel. Hallelujah. Take me where you want me to go. And he's not going to bring me anywhere wrong. He's not going to destroy me. He has life for me. In his favor is life. Hallelujah. It means that my personality even even my personality, because listen, there's some things about our personalities that'll mess us up. You know I'm talking, right? Some of us are just plain crazy. We was crazy in the world. And if we were just left up to our own devices, we cut somebody, we'd knock somebody out. But I've got Jesus on the inside now. You better be glad that we saved now. Hallelujah. You better be glad for that. Could you imagine? And this is what happens when somebody talks you, I'm sorry, talks you into walking away from the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm left now to my own devices. I'm left now to my flesh and my flesh is going to get me in trouble. I need to be saved and I need to be sure I'm saved and I need the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside, and I thank God for his spirit living on the inside of me. Yes, Luke 5 and 26, and they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have we have seen strange things today. Uh, and after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me. Hallelujah. So, uh, it, it's just like when I have the Holy Ghost, I'm doing everything that Christ is leading me to do. I'm following him. I've given him my body. Romans 6 and 13, yield your members, neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I've got to give him my mind, Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Not only this, but I'm, I'm turning everything over to him. Hallelujah. My body, my mind, my spirit, every, and the very God of peace, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, 
and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So um, to be filled means that I'm possessed. I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. To be filled also means that um, that provision, hallelujah, that provision is provided for me at, at when God, the moment of conversion, the moment that God fills me with the Holy Ghost, I have stepped into a place of provision that I would never experience if I never allowed him to save my soul. A place of provision. And, and the most important provision that salvation brings to me is life. Remember, and we quote it all the time, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, what is that gift? What is that unspeakable gift? The Holy Ghost, salvation. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. Hallelujah. The thief comes to do nothing but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came. I'm in the book, John 10 and 10. I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Ephesians 5 and 18. And be not drunk with wine. I read it before. We're in his excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now to be filled with the Holy Ghost also means uh, that I've come into the secret of victorious living. It's the Holy Ghost that gives me victory over my flesh, over my circumstance, over uh, my own failures. The Holy Ghost helps me to live above all of that. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And I'm trying to move on. I don't want to I don't want to hold you too much longer. Hallelujah. And also uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, and understand me now. Uh, it's it's an ongoing thing. I know I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But let me tell you something. There are many refillings after that first initial filling. And, and let me explain it this way. Yes, um, I have a I have a pretty nice car. Uh, and I, it's a 2016 and I've had it a few years. Do you think that that car is running on the same tank of gas that it had when I pulled it off the lot? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I've had to take that car to the gas station a whole lot of times since 2016. And when I got the Holy Ghost, I found out that I have to come back to where I received and say, Lord, touch me, fill me all over again. It's and, and I want to read some scriptures to you. I'm getting ready to close out, but I want to I want to read some scriptures to you. And I know um, uh, they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake in tongues and uh, Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake uh, the word of God with boldness. Uh, but listen to this, Ephesians 5, 18, it says, be not drunk with wine, wherein his access would be filled with the spirit. And I want to show you 
in the Greek, in that, in that book of Ephesians where Paul is talking and, and Paul had received things in, in the spiritual realm, Peter said it's hard to understand. I don't know where he gets this stuff from, but Paul, Paul discusses it in one of his writings and says, I was left in Athens by myself and the Holy Ghost showed me some things and I want to share it with you. And this is one of the things he shares. Uh, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Now, when you write in the Greek language, there is a tense, you know, in, in our language is past, present and future. But in the Greek in the Greek language, there's something called present continuous tense, present continuous tense. So when you see in the Bible where it says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled, be filled with the spirit, um, mm -hmm, be filled with the spirit. Present continuous means now and each time you need now and each time you need what you need presently, right? I'm filled now, but there'll be times when I need a refilling, when I need him to touch me again. It's present continuous. So those of us who are saved are continuously being poured into. Hallelujah. Continuously being poured into. Lord, I need a touch. Yes, I'm a tongue speaker. Yes, I've been born again, but hallelujah. Every now and then I need to stop by the station and get a, an outpouring of his spirit. I need him to pour into me, fill my cup and let it overflow. He anoints my head with oil. Hallelujah. My cup is overflowing. I need him to do it again because there may be occasions where I'm, I'm doing something that is grieving the Holy Spirit and I, I, need, to, I need to get it right. One scripture in Acts says, repent therefore, Hallelujah, because there are times of re that they may be converted. I'm sorry, that your soul may be converted in the times of refreshing. And here in Ephesians 4 and 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Here I'm closing out, getting ready to close out. Finally, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it means... Um, that I've, I've met certain conditions, certain requirements. Um, I, I want to read something in, in Proverbs first. This is something Solomon says to us. He said, he that covereth his sins will not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Oh, Solomon is on to something here. Uh, John writes in, in 1 John, which is the book we started out of, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So first I have to realize that I need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not where or what I should be. This is what I had to do. I had to do this. Um, so even before I get to repentance, I want to talk about reality. You have to realize that I'm not where I should be. I'm, I'm, I need Christ. Uh, and it, it, reality, the reality, uh, I am wrong. I need Christ. It, it, and I'm earnestly, 
earnestly, seriously saying, Lord, I, I realize that I need this salvation. I need this salvation. I need this salvation. Hallelujah. So that brings me to a place now of repentance, of repentance. And we know repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is a turning away from what is wrong, turning away from what is wrong, a turning away from what is wrong. Hallelujah. So now there's restitution, perhaps, and this is where uh, John was. He's, he's dealing with uh, people who are already in the church, and they're struggling with whether or not they're saved. They're, they're not sure, some of them. Uh, and so there's a point where he's dealing with the fact that they, they need restitution. Uh, as, as far as you know, whatever's wrong has to be made right. And, and maybe I should have used the word reconciliation. You have to because there's some things that are broken that you know are broken. Um, and if you want to hold on to your true salvation, you can't hold on to what is broken and hold on to your salvation at the same time. Uh, or you can't hold on to something that means more to you than salvation. I listen to these words out of the gospel, uh, 19, Luke 19 and 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have taken, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Um, so, in order for Zacchaeus to follow Jesus, he had to make some wrongs right. He had stolen from people. He had done wrong, and he said, "Listen, I I know what I need to do in order to be right. So I'm going to go fix that." And then I'm going to come back and follow you. And that's a, that's a powerful message to those of us who are claiming that we're saved and we're following Jesus, but we're treating people any old kind of way. I mean, we, we're hubba bubba speaking in tongues, running around the church, and you treat people any old kind of way, and you're telling people, I'm saved. And, and there's an issue, and John is saying, if you don't have love, he says it in this, if you don't have love, you ain't saved. I'm sorry. I don't care how many tongues you speak in. If you treating people wrong, and you know it's wrong, and you never make it right, you ain't really saved. Because if you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost teaches us how to love, because God is love. There must be a definite receiving yeah, of the Holy Spirit, if you're really going to be saved, if you're really going to be saved, you have to have the Holy Ghost. And we've talked about that a few times. Um, yeah, we've talked about you have to have Christ living on the inside. And then after you get the Holy Ghost, there is a reliance having after you've received him in your life, then there is a reliance upon what he has placed in you. Hallelujah. You're leaning on this strength and you're not doing it on your own. Now let's, let's go to Acts 2.38 because this is where a lot of you wanted me to start. And I purposely end here because it seems like all people talk about or really want to uh, or even know about is Acts 2.38. Uh, but there's so many other 
places that we need to talk uh, and deal with. What, what about the person that that's claiming salvation, but they're really confused as to whether or not they're saved? Um, so let's let's close out with Acts two thirty eight because you know the day of Pentecost came. They were in one place, one accord, and the Holy Ghost came and they spoke with other tongues. And there are other scriptures in Acts where every time the Holy Ghost came and they were filled, they spoke in other tongues or they prophesied. No. Uh, but there were those uh, after Peter preaches this famous message uh, talking about salvation. There were people there that says, what do I have to do to be saved? And this is how they said it. Uh, uh, verse 37, Acts 2. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And what they're saying is, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved, to get saved, to get saved? And this is what Peter said. Then Peter said unto them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I need the Holy Ghost in order for me to get saved. I have to hold on to the Holy Spirit. I have to be true to this salvation that I've been blessed to have in order to stay saved. And don't allow anyone to trick you or pull you away from the truth of the gospel. Don't allow anyone to tickle your flesh to a place where you are trading in your salvation for something that is so deficient, so much less. It's nothing compared to your salvation. Eternal life? You want to give up eternal life? No. I want to see Jesus. And I'm sure, I'm sure about my salvation. You got to be sure about your salvation. I want to close out with this. In the 1980s, in the 1980s, there was a, a commercial that used to come on all the time, uh, you know, on TV. Uh, it, it was a deodorant commercial uh, for sure deodorant. And it would say, raise your hand if you're sure. Even, that's how I want to close out the lesson tonight. Raise your hand if you're sure I'm saved. I have it according to the scriptures. I've been born again. Hallelujah. And I don't want to trade in my salvation for anything. Nothing is worth more than my salvation. I am sure. Are you sure tonight? Hallelujah. Are you sure that you have everything you have? to make it in. If not, hallelujah, I need you to send me, send me, um, send me an email. Send me an email. It's between you and I, and I'll reach out to you and tell you what you need to do and pray with you. Hallelujah. Because salvation is, is, is wonderful. And I don't want you to be confused and don't let anyone confuse you. I, 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 um, I pray for our young men because, um, a lot of our young men have been pulled away from the truth of the gospel and we need to pull them back. Uh, we need to fight for them because salvation 
uh, is worth so much more than we realize. Hallelujah. So if you if you're not sure, reach out to me and I'll reach back out to you. Secretary at Greater Refuge Temple, DC.org. I want to thank you for uh, tuning in and, and connecting with us on tonight. And I pray that I've said something tonight. I know I talked a long time and I apologize, uh, but I pray that I've said something tonight that was a blessing to you. Um, if you'd like to make a donation to this ministry, uh, you may do so. Brother Craig will put that up on the screen. Those of you who are uh, connecting through New York Refuge Temple Annex, you may use Givelify. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I cannot touch them with my hand, but you can reach them where they are. Hallelujah. Whatever's wrong, I pray that you'd make it right. If they're not sure, I pray that you bring them to a place of surety. Hallelujah. If they're not sure, I pray that you'd bring them to a place of surety. Oh, backslider, it's time for you to come back to the Lord and make your calling and election sure. Oh, backslider, it's time for you to come back to the altar. Hallelujah. And get what you need from God in order to finish this journey. Bless us, Lord. We need you now more than ever before. Help those of us who are saved to stay saved. Hallelujah. Stay under the blood so the world can't do us no harm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Forgive me for taking so long. Hallelujah. But I believe it or not, I got a whole lot more I wanted to say. It's in me and I just want to pour it out. Be blessed. Lord willing, we'll see you again on next week.